Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. All right, well, welcome to blue-collar interviews. We got Teddy Theodore Heavy Holland Fool. Heavy, heavy Holland Teddy Bear. Theodore. Heavy Holland Teddy Bear. Yeah, we got Heavy Holland Teddy Bear on the episode today. How's it going there, Ted? It's going pretty good. Just enjoying the heat of Arizona. Oh, you're in Arizona. That would be nice. I am. I'm not feeling Manitoba right now. <laughs> oh, how warm is it down there? Oh my gosh, I uh, I have to have the windows down right now. It's like seventy something degrees. Oh my god, that's like twenty in normal degrees. That would be fantastic. I think twenty it's like in normal degrees. Shots yeah, fired. we're Shots we're fired. still holding right over here. <laughs> oh, it yeah. is changing. So, so, what are you hauling today? So, I'm not. I'm not living up to my name today i took a step deck with some drill parts down here uh, oh yeah so, your... that's not heavy hauling <laughs> i'm the i'm the step deck and fool today so i've seen your uh tick about belly wrap and pipe right i always get a kick out of that like flat deck guys the amount of effort flat deck people go to secure a load they're like where you got to have multiple belly wraps and we need a strap every five feet and it's got to be loaded for the weight load limit of the strap. So if we got a 50,000 pound load, you're going to have to have at least 10, 15 straps on that to haul the weight. Yeah. What are, wait, what are your legalities there for hauling them? Cause like, in, I'm, so, like, I'm not the best Antoine, person to talk crazy. about legalities because I was always just taught by some old timer that just knew how to do it. <laughs> but, so nothing legal, but there's a method to my madness because we load on the mine sites like that are under federal regulation here like uh mining safety and health and something mshaw oh i heard that they're picky so the reason i put multiple layers of each row is individually secured is because they we can only undo one row at a time on the mine sites in case they knock it that not everything's going to come falling off the trailer I'm not going to lie. That's a smart idea. I have seen uh, a load of pipes go horribly wrong when a guy was, uh, well, they were actually loading. Yes. And we actually are supposed to tie them down before they start the next row and vice versa. Yeah. I've seen it. We were, they were loading with uh, like bunk stakes, little stakes that go into your pockets, loading some mm-hmm. pipe. He, the guy had an aluminum trailer those little pipe pockets and just pulled the aluminum rub rail right off and the whole load of pipes spilled out. And it, luckily it, he kind of jumped out of the way just in time and it just like rolled over his leg. But like, it was a close to a bad. I, I, li- I like that. You say kind of, cause it clipped him. So he kind of got out of the way. <laughs> and the other thing is too, is sometimes we're going, you know, 20, 30 miles down a dirt road to, to get out of the place. And if you don't tie that stuff down, that pipe will wiggle out. It's, and I've, ha- I've had pieces of pipe actually come out and fall off and then have to figure out a way to get it back on the trailer by myself. Yeah, pipe is one of those things that, like, I do not like hauling. It gets – Arizona, I imagine, is not too bad, but in the wintertime when that pipe gets icy and you – good luck keeping it on the trailer if you have to hit the brakes. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I'm, I'll just tell you this. I've learned my lesson through experience. Yeah, true enough. So you're in Arizona right now. Where are you? Like, where are you from? So we're actually out of Elko, Nevada, which is a northeastern Nevada desert, high desert, pretty much. 
Okay, good, good. And uh, like your name suggests, mostly in the heavy hauling. I'm sure a lot of people know you from your TikToks there. A lot of big trucking going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, they always try to keep me hooked up to a big trailer. 90% of the time, I'm, you know, grossing over 150,000 pounds. And it's just sometimes they need all hands on deck and you got to do whatever load they got. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean... What is the, uh, we always ask the opposite question, but what's the biggest <laughs> load you ever hauled then? Oh my gosh. You know, I've, I'm not a very, uh, my memory as a, how do I explain this? I've hauled so much crap, it's hard to say. Like one of the biggest complete things that we haul is a triple seven. You know, it's only 150,000 pounds on its own, but it's pretty sizable. And the other biggest thing I hauled, it was electric shovel body. They literally, like, they drove it over the trailer, and the tracks are so wide, they don't even hit the trailer. And then we have to lift it up with the trailer, and they actually pull the tracks and the cab off. Yeah, mm. those big mining shovels, those things are just beasts to get around. You know, in Canada, they, or in Australia, they just throw them on a trailer and take them down the road. And... Yeah, that's the way we do it. <laughs> well, yeah, well fortunately, they, uh, that's what they do when they designed the united states you know everything just was small and then it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger so i mean that's how it worked in canada but we just kept giving less and less of a fuck <laughs> we went on honestly i gotta admit watching some of the comments like you get a lot of people tearing you apart over like the tiniest rules and regulations of like this isn't how it's done in our state so you're doing it wrong because yada 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 and, like, meanwhile in Canada, we're, we're heading down the highway. We got the excavator, booms way up in the air. Lights are all on and the machine's running and not a single chain going up a bunch <laughs> of backs. Uh, exactly. Even even just northern Manitoba, we've had jobs where, like, we just throw a hole on a trailer and it's like, okay, hey, just go for 30 miles. And you're not going to see anyone else. Side load, <laughs> side load on, off. <laughs> a lot of these guys work for big companies or they're union guys back east and they're they're taught a certain way by the book and that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys are going up and down Highway 80 from east to west, and they're they're loading one thing every one or two weeks, you know. So they have time to sit there and do everything all weird, and they're going across from, from the east coast to the west coast. So they're getting torn apart by every single DOT officer that stops them. So they might as well do everything exactly. I, I can understand yeah. why they do what they do, but, like, here, uh, how do I say this? there's a certain level of mutual respect that like we've developed with the highway patrol. So in Nevada, a lot of things are acceptable, you know, Mm -hmm. because they know they trust, they've worked with us enough that they trust that we know what we're doing. True. And not just that a big one I've noticed with any time I've dealt with DOT and area, just don't be a complete dickhead to them. And they're probably not going to find you. Like I know guys who get out of the truck and start ripping on, the officers and it's like you're getting a ticket if you act like that there's people who are difficult you know there's yeah. people who just think they know everything and and whatever they say is gonna go and you gotta understand they're just doing their job so when i get pulled over which is very rare i do um if i know that something's wrong i straight up like look dude this is what's going on this is why i'm doing this blah 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 and nine times out of ten it works Oh, yeah. Like, I, I got yep. pulled over three times last winter, and each time, no tickets, just said, hey, I'm not sure what the law is. 
help me out. Even if I had a pretty good idea of it, you say what you're not sure, you know, walk me through it. And then they usually don't ticket you, but you go up to their faces and say, Hey, I know everything I'm doing it right. You're going to get the ticket. But you know, the, the biggest problem with TikTok is sometimes it's hard to put into context and like to put a video into context in 15, 30 or three minutes, you know, Mm. you just can't include everything. Well, plus I love what Chase always refers to also with like, People saying, oh, that's not how we do it here. Some places do it differently, even legally. Like, it's not all the same law across the board. <laughs> you got to imagine that some of these people are so close-minded that they, they have the – they lack the ability to think outside the box. Oh, you know, yeah. And, and what we do out here is completely different than what anybody in the United States does. And people are going to argue and say, well, the oil fields in Texas and North Dakota, no. What we do is completely different. Like th- there is no comparison. You know, we we take our expensive trailers into the mine. We mess stuff up. You know, like we're lucky to get forty thousand miles out of a set of drives, and that's why the place I work for charges the rates that they do because the customers know that we will do whatever it takes to get that job done and get their stuff delivered. You pay a premium for truck drivers that can just get shit done. Hauling the same load perfectly every single day doesn't impress me. Hauling a lot of different loads and figuring shit out on the fly always impresses me. And, and, and that's another thing, like, with what we do. Like, we haul a lot of the same stuff, but the situation and the circumstances are always different. The weather, yeah. the location, the trailer. <laughs> like, we might haul the same piece of equipment a 100 times, but... We might have a different trailer configuration almost every time we go to pick it up because that's what trailer we had available, and we just have to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I hate to get secret, but that shit doesn't fucking move no matter how. Like people worry way too much about how they chain it down. I'm gonna be honest. Like ninety <laughs> percent of the time, I don't even bother an excavator down like if i'm just moving it and i'm not touching a public highway i don't chain it down i'm just gonna walk it over the side of the machine run 14 wide with the tracks out she ain't gonna move i've gone down chase i agree with you but you're gonna get some guys on here we're gonna listen to you and we're gonna see an excavator inside of the ditch i I always always tell i've I've (laughs) learned to tell people like look the way i do stuff isn't technically right it was the way i was taught take what you want from it but do it the right way no matter what because i have to take the liability off me because you know people are coming after me and saying call, call trying to call me out in my personal messages saying people are going to take everything you say to heart and blah 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 so i had to start kind of being careful with what i said because i don't want someone that's a rookie to go out and try some of the things that i try exactly like with, with chasing the excavator you're, you're gonna say that and then some guy's gonna go this winter with an icy deck, an icy track. <laughs> He's like, I don't need chains, Chase Barber. Well, said, you no. know, and I, I had to move a D9, and I had to unload it, drive it over a cattle guard, reload it, drive it up, unload it, make a corner, reload it, and take it to the top. And I'm not going to cha- put eight chains on it every single time. You know, I put, I put like two binders off the tracks, one like, yeah, one on the front left and one on the back right i don't even know if it did anything honestly it just made me feel better i, I chase I, I know i cut you off there but i do agree with you a lot of shit's not going anywhere if you just throw it on the side of the trailer i was just saying i don't want I some mean, rookie throwing a well throwing an icy track hole on the i mean there's trailer. a big difference though you remember, i'm doing five ten kilometers an hour down the road i'm not doing 120 with it's not chained down on the freeway i'm going down the bush if she slides off she's only going to go two feet hit the ground i'm going to have to stop and feel like an idiot 
Yeah. Here's here's a real greasy one for both of you. Have you guys ever welded a load <laughs> for securing? Everyone's seen that picture on Facebook of the water truck on the on the fl- on the on the flatbed that had the steel straps welded from the steel tires to the trailer. I don't actually know if I've seen that, but that sounds hilarious. Honestly, I got, I've I got seen some, that one. I've seen some big moves in Alberta where they physically welded the thing to the trailer. I've seen that, but like it's been professionally engineered, certified welding. They don't want this mega load to move at all, and they're willing to like weld the whole thing together. Yeah, I was doing a I was doing a mobile home move, and the dolly we had for it, we we had it chained on, but it was like ah, I don't know, the chains could bounce around. You want to throw some beads in there? So we had the weld welders fill it up. Oh, it ain't going nowhere. That's a great idea for a TikTok. That's gonna just piss so many. Either Ted should do it, or I'll do it first. But like, hey, remember, like I got I got a little port welding truck. Hey, remember. When you're low bed and hauling excavator, the proper way is to weld that. Is it gonna lay a beam I'm gonna, along I'll the bring, track? I'll bring yeah. my little Lincoln. It's a <laughs> it's a one ten uh, wire feed. Yes, the tiniest. And leave like the tiniest tack off of the inverter, and just leave like the tiniest yeah. little tack weld on the track, and be like, "Well, I'm not going anywhere now. That's secure." And you will like the. The hate of the trolling of that comment. Well, you, you got to bring Iron Mike in and say, hey, just so when your magnets are broken, you know, you can go to welding when the magnets aren't working. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing with Iron Mike is the amount of people. He has a lot of people that love him. Take what he says to heart. Oh, he's he so is. good at trolling people. Like, he makes people think he's fucking with asphalt every time. And it just drives oh people God, mental. Like- and it's like, you guys, you don't get it. He's just doing it to bother you. He runs a group GFYM on Facebook, man, and we 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 put people through the ringer in there, and it's I, I feel bad for some of these people because like some of us have multiple accounts with different names, and we just we just roll with it and just completely take people to the ringer, and they're like at the end of the day they don't even know what's going on. There's guys who who definitely start typing into their phone. Do some trailers have magnets and then like backspace and like no no he's he's just messing. <laughs> to be honest, I love doing that too. But I swear, half the time people can't tell when I'm really good advice because I like to mix it up. That, half that's the video my, that's... is really good. Mm. Like I like that. Like the, I did the last one on diff locks. I'm like some new advice for new drivers in the winter. And I'm like, make sure when you're coming down an icy hill, you lock in all your diffs. Good advice. I left. If you hit a corner, she's going to get squirrely. Like you can't fit it all into a three minute video. <laughs> hey, but like, and if you're, you're gonna... if you're going and you're locked up and you're on ice, you're going to keep going straight. You ain't turning anywhere. <laughs> well, you know, so like my truck has full lockers with an interlock and, Everybody knows you can turn an axle interlock on up to, let's just say, 55 miles an hour as long as your wheels are not spinning. Yeah, like, like positive um, traction. out of traction. And when I'm coming down an icy hill or if I'm on dirt road with washboards, I will put my interlock on just to make sure that my tires aren't slipping out of traction. And people go crazy and say, you, you can't go faster than 15 or 25 miles an hour. Or you can't. I'm like. Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, like... I'm not this is what a lot of um, Americans don't realize and I didn't realize that this was a cultural thing until I really got into it. Americans I found out you guys don't run down the highway with your inner axle lock on. Like axle lock, out, lock her off. You're not supposed to we were always told 
never take your inner axle out. Inner, it doesn't matter if you're doing 110 down the highway in the middle of the summer, leave your inner axle in. That's going to help. It doesn't hurt anything there. to do it. And here's another thing too. Like when I'm pulling a triple seven up a grade and I'm in first gear and the truck's hooked up, I got my inner lock on because I want to spread the weight from, I don't want all the weight or the, all the torque going to one yoke. Mm-hmm. yeah fair enough so it, i don't know if it helps or if it, whatever but I, I do do that you know and it, it does seem to help with my differential temps you know because sometimes my diffs will get up to 315 degrees or more yeah that would well, be, be a good one for adam if you don't have your inner axle in one tire is driving that truck all the torque is going yes. to one tire Mm-hmm. And like that is so hard on the if you're just cruising down the highway with eighty thousand pounds and you're running on flat interstate, it's no big deal. You can run that. As soon as you hit off road or slippery conditions, you want that inner axle in. Inner axle in November, don't take it out till March. You're fine. So I, I challenge you to do that on a TikTok. You're gonna get Go some hate. popcorn. Yeah. We're gonna grab some lawn chairs and it, it's <laughs> gonna turn into a shit show. Like I I, I stay away from the whole axle interlock thing because there's uh, people just lose their minds about it. And I'm just like, but the sticker says, don't go fast. That's what it, you're going to get a lot of. No, honestly, my, dude, my, my book literally says as long as the tires are not, if the, the out of traction, you can engage it. Mm. Yeah. Mine says the same thing. Engage at any speed, unless wheels uh, spit slipping or spinning or something like that i just now, people, if i, I put just, my lockers on that locks all four in and you're not turning like you're just gonna go straight and if you have enough weight you're potentially gonna snap an axle actually yeah. that that one is where i get into a lot of debate with people and i i have run i run all my lockers my diff and my inner axle when i'm coming down the hills and that like we got a lot of switchbacks where they're switchback switchbacks on 26 percent I run my full lockers all the way down, and you can still steer with your lockers, but you need to come on hard on the jake through the corner. As soon as I, I you get, let off the jake, you go straight. You so gotta have that jake on high. To I, steer I with get your going desk. down, but when you're climbing, you're not like you like when you're climbing. There's the trailers on that pulling engine, back, you, you, lifting you the airbag, turn, up, can taking you? traction off your rear. Uh, you climbing, it will push you straight. So yeah. yes, if you're climbing. What I do is I run my middle diff lock in. We got the three drive axles. Before mm. I hit the corner, I take out the front diff and the rear diff, and I leave my middle one in because you can still pivot with that middle diff lock. Yeah. The other two will still get you around, and then I relock them after the corner. I was going to say, with your tritum crawling up a hill like that, like you can't be fucking turning a full lock up. Going down, though, you can. As long as soon as on a tri drive, if you're not on the jakes, you're going straight. As soon as you take hit that jake, yeah, pivot hard to whatever direction you're going. Okay, I have a question for both of you again, because I've done this once. Have you ever got yourself into a bad situation because you forgot you couldn't turn? Yes, I was just waiting to answer this one. <laughs> so well, go for when it. I, when I first started driving real trucks, and I, so I got my CDL with the state department, and I was plowing snow, so I don't consider that real trucks. That just taught me how to drive in the snow. Um I went to work, I quit there and went to work for a company hauling side dumps on the mine. And then they put me into the shot creek where I'd have to go to town and uh, load a trailer and bring it to the mine, unload it. And it was snowing one day and I didn't put my chains on. And so I just, I, I didn't really know what the diff locks did. So I, I just assumed and I'd lock the interlock with the diff locks on and, you know, going down this road at the mine and it curves around like a 90 degree. And I put the truck right up on the bank. <laughs> 
couldn't uh, turn. Yeah, that'll happen. And I slammed uh, on the brakes, and the momentum carried me. It didn't hurt the truck or nothing. It just got me stuck. Uh, Chase, and how about you? The boss man came out, and he looked, first thing he did was open the door and said, <laughs> yep, fucking got to turn your diff locks off. Uh, that's a good learning lesson, though. He bet you never did it again. Yeah, luckily it wasn't on a mountain going 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chase, you ever do that? Go straight. L- made him made that mistake, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, climbing a hill. I I have it a couple times where she's getting greasy and I'm coming in there and I go to go around the corner and I got those diffs, but I'm powering out in first gear and I don't want to let off the throttle to turn and she's just pushing you straight and straight. Yeah. Eventually you get to the point where you're like, fuck, I'm not going to make it and you just get stuck and then can I, I get was, a skitter? I was, well, you know, a, I was hauling a crane one time and like I, I, I don't know what that engine was in it, but she had torque. So she was lifting the front end every shift. So I actually had to like set my front end down, but still try to climb and like like you like let it hit the ground to get some steering. <laughs> it was pretty messed up, but I, I made my corner. Well, you know, like as a kid, when you're you're learning how to drive a regular pickup or something, and you're, you're told, "Okay, don't use your four wheel drive unless you get stuck," because then you have no other options if you get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's the same thing like with my diff locks in the mud and stuff like that. I might run with my inner axle lock on, but. If I put all my diff locks on and get stuck, I got no other options. Yeah. See, I've always been told the opposite. You want to engage your diff locks, even if you think you may or may not need it. Because in a pickup, yeah, it's not that much weight. But when you got 150,000 pounds yes. on and you're going through that mud, you're not going to start again. Give you give it If you're even questioning it slightly, give it all you can the first try because you may not get a second one. Wait, I, I will agree yeah. with that because, like, out at the mines and these 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 ramps that go down into their pits, the open pit mines, they're just they're long and you know they're like it's like an eight percent, eight to ten percent grade all the way down, and and you have to put them on before you start. Yeah. Okay. I I, mean, I, I was young, so I I feel like I have a slight excuse. Like I didn't have my class one. I was seventeen, but like I felt like I knew trucks, so like I moved trucks around on site, and uh, I was crawling out of this approach. But I had to get a good run at it because it was really wet that day. And I went right through, couldn't steer, and hit the ditch, almost rolled the semi. And I was 17, shouldn't even have been in the semi. It was it was pretty sketchy. I mean, you got to remember, like Jordan, there's not a lot of forgiveness where I'm trucking. There's no, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> that one sucked. There's a, yeah, that's well, true. he's dead. I'm not a toll, but it's like, ah, it's just the ditch. Yeah. You got to be calculated with everything. And, you know, I got friends like we'll go riding quads or going off road. They're just out there acting like complete idiots, climbing every single hill they can dominate. I'm, I'm out there like trying to calculate angles and how much momentum I need. Will I be able to get up this one without getting stuck? You know, it's just the way my brain works. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I think it goes uh, just part of the job. Like there's certain things I've taken from the job from like driving truck. I can't go skiing. I get that feeling like I've slid down a hill too many times and shit my pants in a truck where you're sliding and you can't do anything about it. Like you've got full set of chains on and you're still sliding towards that corner. I get that same feeling when I'm skiing like, oh, I don't have brakes. Oh, I'm going. I can't. I just get flashbacks to the truck. I can't hop on a pair. You know, especially these nine axles and stuff. I was out at one of the mines on the backside and in the middle of winter time and the every time i would hit the brakes the jeep brakes would kind of hang up so it would start to jackknife and then you start to pull on the trailer bar and the, the jeep brakes would finally start to release and it would go from being jackknifed to straightened out and it's just like holy crap 
Oh, that was one question. Now that you brought up the Jeep off road, that just it drives me nuts every time I watch one of your videos. And the only thing I wonder about your videos, I'm like, you, I see you going in. I'm like, why does he still have his Jeep and booster? Like, if I got a Jeep or booster, as soon as I hit dirt, they're on the side of the road and I'm running. Because it. with some of the necks on the trailer, so like on the nine axle, like we have one where we can actually switch out the neck. Like we could take the Jeep off with the long neck and I can take the short neck off the Jeep and put it on the trailer. Mm. Most of the places we go, it, it just, it's too time consuming to do that because we're doing, I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes we do, we do take that stuff off to get into places, but only if I, if I to. can run without a Jeep, like we'll always throw it on the trailer. Like why, why, I don't know. It's more, it's more out here. So like, like we'll go places and I'll get unloaded and they're like, all right, you need to get stacked up. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, Oh, everyone else gets stacked up. I'm like, yeah, that's no. what we do. We'll, we'll pull and stack up. Like, and they'll be like, and they'll be like, well, you'll, you'll need pilot cars to get home. I'm like, that's not for you to worry about. Yeah, because our problem is nobody stacks up where we are, so we don't have a way to unstack when we get there. Hey, I another question then about Jeeps, just because I'm I'm always so curious about it. Do your Jeep slide up onto the? I was just saying one second. I think most everyone knows, but just in case they don't, we're not talking about Jeeps little buggies. We're talking about a short wheelbase. Thank you. Yeah, little trip. It's Who's a kidding? small trailer that goes between the truck and the actual trailer to help support some of the weight. I'm almost yes. guaranteed everyone knows that, but just in case. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so in BC, we got these Jeeps and they got a set of rails on them and you just back the truck up and the Jeep goes up and essentially that you pack the Jeep on the back of the truck and you just have the low bed. Like you don't actually drop the Jeep. You just slide the Jeep up the rear rails onto the truck. And then the, all the weight of the trailer that would be carried by the Jeep is carried by the truck. So that's yeah, what I don't I do. know about all that metric stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. I've just the, never the, the, seen closest, the closest thing we have to that is like on, on our double tower steer trailer. Uh, the, it's one of the red nine axles we got where the back end steers itself and, you can you can back the Jeep and the, everything and the neck up onto the trailer, and then you can take the kingpin out of the Jeep, and then there's a hole for the trailer you can drop it through, and they can lift it up, and then you can slide under it and tow it as a unit like that. Oh, okay. Or we've had guys, if they're back east and it's too much problem, they'll that's what they'll do to shorten up. They'll back the Jeep up onto the trailer, and they'll chain the Jeep to the trailer and then hook up back to the neck of the Jeep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. There, there's all kinds of some trailers are hydraulic and yeah. in the States, like when you go back East, they can put so much weight on an axle group, but then you go to the West coast and then some States want a 16 tire. And then some States is a 16 tire and California doesn't recognize a steerable drop axle, but it is so insane the the amount of different standards we have here. It's just it. That's the hardest part about trucking here in the United States. I'm not gonna lie. I did heavy hauling once in the United States with my truck, and the amount of shit I got vowed that I would never go back to the unit U.S. I came in with my uh, I had a got a beautiful tri drive C500 winch tractor. Like, she's built heavy for the oil patch. And rig moving was slow. We were in the middle of breakups. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my DOT number. I'm going to go through all the hoops. And I'm going to just take a few loads. And I'm going to see what it's like. 
And I rolled the I didn't even make it to Washington. I was probably two hours in the state between Washington State Patrol pulling me over. He pulls me in. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm all following the permit. He pulled over. I'm coming down there, the 16 wide. He pulled me over because he didn't like my D sign. It, it didn't say oversized load. It said D on it. For We run just dimensional signs. And he did yeah. not like that. He stopped the wide load in the middle of Seattle because the sign was wrong. I was hauling a cat haul truck. I'm sorry, but if you can't see the giant yellow truck on the back, the sign ain't going to help. Wait, I'm uh, baffled now. Too. You, like, you guys so, don't like D signs? They don't have D signs down there? No, we have oversized or wide load. Oh, we just... Oh, and then here's this stripes and D. Every state has different rules about the signs. If my little sign I have doesn't fly in Utah, so I have to put a bigger... Uh, canvas sign over it they won't let me go but california you can have a tiny sign you can barely read and then uh lima of montana they don't even you don't even have to run oversized if you're under 10 foot wide that's dumb i feel like at least canada you cross provinces they they, they care a lot less the funny thing is i don't run with the red flags on my front bumper because i think it looks stupid and mm. I've literally been running like that since 2016 and nobody has said a word about it, but yet they get tripped up over a sign. Hmm. We just have to like, like you flag your bumper too. Like we just flag the parts that are sticking out. Yeah. You just got to put a little flag on the wider. Yeah. But you know, in a lot of the drill rigs, we haul the shrams, they're red. So I'm like, when I put a red flag on there, it just, I I freaking will die laughing because you can't even see it. Or if we're hauling a haul truck, which is like 22 feet wide. And then they, they like sometimes we'll get troopers from different areas that are kind of uh that aren't accustomed to the way most of us do things, and they'll tell me to put my flags on. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me! Like well, we're in an escorted load where nobody's on the road. Why do I need flags? I don't know why some of these signs matter because people are just so dumb anyway. Like I've had pilots out in front of me, behind me, all the signs in the world, and still crossing a bridge with a house, and someone's trying to pass me. How, or... how are your guys' pilot cars? Because here in the states, like. Pilot cars have, I don't recommend joining a pilot car Facebook group because they have so much drama here. Like it's almost, they operate like a pimp because like you have like the king pimp of pilots and they pimp out all the people under them. But if you try to go to directly to one of those people, they're calling you screaming at you. I don't even understand it. I, I, the only pilots we deal with are always like they're in company. Like we're always hauling for our own stuff. So right. everyone's I've getting had... along fine. And uh, I don't know what you guys have for authority. We don't have much authority legally, but when we're out there, like they like move traffic over, stop people randomly. Like it's, I, I don't mind the piloting here. At least Every state down here is different. Some states say pilots can stop traffic. Some states say you can't. And some pilots will do it anyways. And like there was that video of the oversized load making a left turn. And that lady in the Escalade tries to go around and that pilot like almost dive bombs her off the road. Yeah, that see, I don't think we're illegal. allowed to do that, but we definitely do. <laughs> Here in the States, that was illegal, and I made a video about it, and everybody lost their mind. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I'm not saying they did the right or wrong thing. I'm just saying, technically, they could have got a ticket. I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but I feel like being a Canadian TikTok guy seems to be a lot easier because we... The Canadian truckers don't seem to care about anything. Like, I've never heard a negative comment on, like, any of the, like, the rules things. 
it's always like Americans. I feel like you're every trucker we've talked to says American highway DOT is way stricter than our it, guys. It's definitely way different because like we do a decent amount of heavy hauling and I work with a company that does like oversized moves. So we do a ton of piloting and shit like that. And like we'll cut off traffic and stop it. And I don't think we legally can, but like nobody cares. It's just, okay. Oh, hey, look, a cool big construction move. That's cool. And then like, er, like everyone just accepts it. A lot of Americans are just miserable. Like I don't under like they, they that's are, like, fair. The trucking, like so, trucking is completely different. Like back in the day, trucking was built on convicts. You know, they got out of jail and prison. They had nothing else they could do, and they those were the guys who started trucking, and it evolved. You know, and now I don't even know what it is anymore here because it, the majority of truckers here just seem like they're just here for a paycheck and there's no professionalism there's no pride in your ride there's no caring about anything and part of that i think stems from the they're taking the skill away from the driver the skill requirements by adding all these anti-collision and cameras and this and that and all that guy is in there is holding the steering wheel and putting it in drive and trying to get it down the road oh Mm. and honestly it is the most terrifying thing being like up in canada here because all of these self-driving features that are making these trucks so nice and so user-friendly for the guys that have very little training, the only time they actually have to drive the truck is when that doesn't work. And the only time those things don't work is when you get into snow and bad weather. That means you have truck drivers for eight months of the year, don't really have to know much about the truck, let the truck do a lot of the work, and then all of a sudden they're going to get to the shittiest time and they're going to be responsible for doing things that they haven't practiced all year. Oh, well, and it, 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 sorry, not to cut you off, but it's crazy because like we got guys who get their licenses in different areas of the country, but then they can truck wherever and they come into Manitoba or they come into, well, BC is much worse, but even Manitoba is pretty brutal. Like we have the worst weather in Canada and like you'll get a flash storm in five seconds where they haven't even seen snow like that. They've seen a few yeah. inches, but not, not a foot. The problem here in the States is a lot of these mega carriers. And I do want to stay, say this, that even I don't care what people drive. There are people who drive automatics that take pride in their ride. I don't want to categorize everybody into one lump sum. I know what I'm saying, but the problem is these companies are located in decent areas where it doesn't snow. They recruit people during the height of the season and they put them with a trainer that's been working for him for six months. You got someone who's been driving for six months, training a guy who's never driven anything but a U-Haul and they train for two to six weeks and then they get them out on the road. It's a, it's a calculated risk. They don't care because if something happens, insurance will cover it. If not, they got those loads out. And you know what? The biggest problem is retention of skilled drivers. It doesn't take somebody. These mega carriers don't pay shit wages. I don't even want to get into an argument with mega carriers. They're getting fucked. They're making like $15 an hour, $20 an hour, maybe 25. But the thing is, it sounds great until you realize you're not going to see your family for two, three months as they keep you out on the road. And you suddenly realize they were like, well, hold on. I can make $25 an hour working at home and be home every night. This isn't worth the extra money and the hassle. After doing it for a year, they take off out of the industry. Maybe they make it two, three years before they realize that they're kind of getting screwed. And then they go local. So you just have this driver mill of people that leave the industry because they realize they're getting screwed. When I I started out on a step deck here in 2016, I was getting $22 an hour. Now, I'm over $30 an hour. Mm -hmm. You well, know, but you get into the heavy hauling side of things, and it it now it's more of a specialty than it ever was, I think. But what what I'm getting at is our company learned really quick. They changed their ways. They realized, hey, 
we have to compete with the mines and we want to keep the people we have that we train. We want to give them an incentive to stay. We have step deckers making $2 less an hour than me. Mm-hmm. Just step to keep decking. guys on. But these guys are working their ass off and doing their job very well and making the company a lot of money. And it's here. They have a thing like, look, you're where you are because this is just what you do. Like yeah. I heavy haul because that's what I wanted to do. The other kid wants to step deck. That's what he wants to do. So we're all have this mentality. Like we're here collectively trying to make this work. That's a damn good mentality to have. And I'm yeah. not mad that, that, you know, a kid pulling a step deck is making $29 an hour and I'm making, you know, just over $30 an hour. And I don't look at it like that. Like I'm happy with what I have. He's you happy know what? with what he Oh, sorry. He, he's happy with what he has and we have a good solid crew. You know mm-hmm. what? I think the wages should be a lot closer. What really fucks me up and I was just getting into a discussion with this the other day is wages across the different things based on what you're hauling is kind of fucked up and I don't think it's right. Let me give you an example of what I'm kind of talking about. Is like hauling logs. I get $55 an hour to haul logs. You haul gravel you get like $35 an hour plowing the highways and running snow plow 25, like a snow plow. You've got to work your wing. You got to watch traffic. You're in the worst condition. How is that worse than gravel? And then where it gets really fucked up is if you've got a load of kids, a school bus load of kids, probably one of them argue precious cargo on the road. You get like $18 an hour. How is oh, a school bus load I... of kid 18, but logs are 55. Fuck. Well, wood wood is pretty essential right now, Chase. I'd make the argument. <laughs> well, fifty five dollars Canadian is like what ten dollars US, <laughs> something like good. that. Yeah, no, pretty comfortable. There, there's a, a school bus driver on TikTok. I won't name his name, but he's well over a million followers, and he was working for a school bus company, and he was only getting like six hundred dollars a week, six hundred oh, yeah. to eight hundred dollars a week. And, yeah, th- and that's normally... the same state that's mailing uh, letters out to people with CDLs. And asking them if they'll drive school bus, and everybody's just laughing. Like, I, you could make more money working at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, they put these things through. Like, I hate to say it, but it's soccer moms. It's people that, oh, I could use a little bit of side income. They've never driven anything bigger than a Honda Civic. And now they got a 50 foot bus with 60 kids in it, the back, and they, they've never driven it, anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's how are you toughen up kids these days? We're too I'm, soft in society. School well, bus and, and, and Chase's. In your situation, would it be better just to say, get paid $45 an hour all the time, no matter what, versus 55 here, 25 here? Uh, like for all trucking? Yeah, like, like say you do different things. Like you, you were saying like snow plow or this or that. Do you do, you do different things? Uh, I do a lot of different things for a lot of different companies for mm-hmm. fun. Chase I, hates health insurance, so he's just planning to get hurt. but yeah you know what honestly in all the terms of it's even more screwed up we have different rates for logging right now i'm on the pipeline i'm not working very hard that's 45 dollars an hour and we do one load a day i only drove 600 kilometers last week 400 miles in an entire week worth of driving that's 55 an hour if i'm coming down like sawakwa or some of the big nasty grades that's five dollars an hour less that's only like 45 50 an hour I hop in the snowplow, which is the hardest thing. You've got to drive your trailer at the same time. The back axle steer on the trailer. Not only do you have to steer the truck, 
you have to steer the trailer at the same time you steer the truck. Then you have to worry about the wing on the side of the truck, the wing underneath, the blade underneath, the front plow, which can articulate different way. And you've got cars trying to swerve around you. Well, you can't see anything because the plow is putting snow into the windshield. And they're like, yeah, that's a super hard, difficult job. Dude, I will tell you this right now. People don't understand the coordination it takes to snow plow. And anybody can learn it for the most part. But I snow plowed, okay? When you have a wing plow and then you have a front plow and then you have one of those trailer mounted plows, shit gets kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you got a, a lot trailer kicked out of kicked out into the other lane, like the, the axles turn on it. So it kicks out into the other lane. And then you have a wing plow off on your right, and then you have another plow in your front. So you're essentially plowing, you know, three lanes worth of stuff. Yeah. Yep. And laying down sand and salt and the product at all at the same time. You're worried about, okay, how many pounds per mile am I dropping? Is my sander plugged up? Uh, you know, like one of the craziest things I got to learn in a snowplow. And I am thankful for this experience because it I literally got thrown into a snowplow in one of the worst winters they had up here in 10 years. And the shoulders suck up here on these little two-lane highways. And you have to keep your tire, your right tire, front tire, right on that edge of the pavement and you have to not hit the marker posts that are pounded into the side of the road. And, you know, and if your tire gets off, you know, you get taught to bump your plow up. So it gets a little bit more weight on your front and pops you back up on the road. It's just, it's, it was crazy. It's honestly like I've done a lot of heavy hauling running snow plow is more difficult than heavy hauling. You know, the only thing that sucks about heavy hauling in the winter is like when you're trying to hook up and you got to put your damn chains on just to hook up to the trailer. And you're just like, or you got to get a run at it or throw sand down. It just, that's the only thing I hate about heavy hauling in the winter is is just the traction issues. Oh, (laughs) and then the, the everything icing. Ah, fish. What did I, I gave, I gave my tip last year when the neck, when I couldn't back my neck into, uh, into locket, I hooked it up to the hoe. Just put my truck in neutral and just walked forward with the hole already on the trailer. That's how you get your neck together in the winter. Yep. It just, it just sucks. Like we delivered uh six thirty one scrapers out to one of the mines like two, three winters ago. And I had it on a nine axle, a sixteen tire, and that turned into a twenty three hour day. Like the one guy got stuck, he slid off the road, and we had to unload the scraper and pull him out. Then we had to get mine unloaded and turn around and you know, that took up quite a bit of time. And then I ended up, the brakes ended up locking up and I I ended up blowing like eight tires. Oh, hey, 23 oh hour day. God. That's not legal. You can't do that. <laughs> no, I obviously had my 10 hour break in between there, you know. And exactly. Of course, exactly. Of uh, oh, man. Some there. people get so buttered on TikTok over anything. If you mentioned doing like over hours. Now, there's this one TikToker, he's a heavy hauler and thinks he's somebody because he almost has a million followers. But, you know, if a guy really paid attention to, like, some of these videos once in a while, you'd be like, man, he started at this time and he's just making a TikTok about going home now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It cracks me up, dude. Like, like you you do what you got to do. Okay, I got to ask you, over a TikToker that thinks he's something, do you ever have people recognize you? Like, does it still kind of fuck with you a little bit? Because I, I, so I get people like literally, I'll be getting fuel, and like somebody will 
DM me on Instagram and I'll check my message request. And it's like somebody took a picture of me while I'm filling and like, I seen you. Or like I was in Carl's Jr. the other day and this guy just comes up to me. It's like, can I take a picture with you? And for a second, I'm like, why the fuck would you want to take a picture with me? And then I forget, oh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I've developed the sixth sense now. Like I can tell when people are looking at me because they recognize me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're, you know, sometimes people don't know whether they should come up to you or not. But it, it, a lot of times I'll just, I'll break the ice or like I can tell, but it, it only backfired on me once because I thought this one guy would recognize me from TikTok and I went up and he's like, I don't know who the hell you are. I don't even have TikTok. Oh, that's got to feel bad. That's oh, my God, be. dude. Like, oh. So, like, I, I have, like, a, a resting bitch face syndrome, like, sometimes. Like, I, I'm one of these people that I look like I am always have something important to do. Oh, well, I mean, that's more mm. convenient than what I got resting stupid face. I swear I got the dumbest facial expressions 90% of the time. Oh, I, no, I, don't My that. body language isn't very inviting, even though I'm in a great mood. I just, I don't know why. It's just how I've always been. People always tell me, like, you don't look like an approachable person. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm just socially awkward. I mean, I'm going to at least give you a, this is some positive things. Like, I'm not going to pretend I'm anywhere near your followers. I'm like half. But you at least were smart enough to give yourself a name like Heavy Holland Fool. I just made my TikTok name my real name because that's how I thought TikTok works. And now I've got to play the guessing game. Because I'm awful with faces and forgetting people when I meet them. But people will come up to me and be like, hey, Chase, how's it going? And I got to play the mental game of, do I actually know this person in real life? Or is this somebody from TikTok that recognized me and has come up? Fuck. You got you to gotta, you gotta watch the body language. When people from TikTok recognize you, they get this like, and I'm not trying to gloat or anything. This is just, just true life experience. Like, they get this look in their face like they're about to meet a celebrity. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Jordan and it's his ten thousand like, followers know exactly face. what when you're talking about. When you, when you when you go up to somebody you've known for ten years versus, oh my god, I watch this guy on TikTok and I'm finally getting to meet him. Oh, the majority yeah. of people have this like, like I'm about to hit a million, but to me, like it's cool, it's like a, a achievement, whatever. But it's not; it doesn't mean anything because. You could have 10 followers on TikTok and have a video get 3.5 million views. Hey, you getting bank off that? You know, I'll put it to you this way. It, pay, it pays for my cars. And then, like, uh, the car I bought for my wife, it makes the car payment. And, uh, the, the shitty Rado, it's paid for that. And Mother just fucker. a little extra spending yeah. money here and there. It must be nice to get money off TikTok. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll be transparent, but, I, you know... The, Part of me doesn't like talking about it because people get all weird. Mm. But the other part of me likes to be transparent. I don't have nothing to hide. You know, like when I sold Pit Vipers with a discount code, I think we mm. did like $30,000. Like I made almost thirty grand in commission. Holy what shit. The... Chase, you need some ads. You need some ads, Chase. I sold over $300,000 worth of Pit Vipers at their, at, when Pit Vipers were the most popular thing on TikTok. Mm. And, oh, my and... God. I... <sighs> Why did we get fucked? Do you do you realize, Ted, that Canadian guys don't we don't get any sponsorships through the app or anything? You have to go find your own private. Yeah, you and have we to don't be get any famous. revenue as the Canadians. They just TikTok so at the, at, the, Canadians. at my peak when I was doing about thirty-five to forty-five million views per month. Back when I was somewhat more popular, and I was doing like anywhere from two hundred fifty dollars a day fun 
Whoa, oh, that is, that's Americans. Yeah. That's real money. Real money. <laughs> and somewhere. now, and now I'm getting like anywhere from five dollars to like forty dollars a day with my account of a million, almost to a million, because there's so many people on TikTok now, and you have. I feel so bad when people like follow me and I encourage them to go for the moon. Right. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be like, man, I just got 10,000 followers and 102,000 views this month. And now I can join the creator fund. And like, part of me, just like my heart breaks because it's like, dude, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're only going to make two cents a day. Yeah. Like it, it is one to three cents per thousand views. It's zero. Mm-hmm. If you're Canadian. Zero. Well, but and, that and guy the thing from is, like, back when I got on the Creator Fund, TikTok was still up and coming, so they were pushing content like mine and other people's to build the app. And now they have people like Bella Porch and Kavi Lame. And don't get me wrong, you know what? They're hustling the system. They're doing great, making millions of dollars. That is great. But with all these celebrities that, that were hesitant to join, that are now joined up, they're the ones taking all the money from the Creator Fund. Oh yeah. And it just this is how it is. So now I'm not really like it was never about the money. It was just that was a cool side effect. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. We're over here making nothing. The, like the only like, so the only guy who makes any money. In yeah, but you know what? That, like, uh, like food dance guy. You, you ever see the food dance guy? Pours cheese or something on food and he eats it and he starts dancing. No, got, like, but you're 10 million TikTok, followers. Jordan. No one else got, has seen the things you. He seen. has way more followers than anyone that I know of, and it's it's from eating food. It's ridiculous. But some people are like that, you know, like me, people don't watch my stuff for a story or they don't watch me to be funny for the most part, you know, but like, like I'll post stuff that not a lot of people post about trucking. And that's why people, you know, and I used to do a lot of informative videos, but after so many videos of hooking and unhooking or chaining, like, I don't, I just don't understand how many videos I can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that TikTok kind of seems to push you in a direction for content? Like, if I make a video that's slightly outside of what TikTok seems to want me to make, it'll get like five, ten thousand views. I, you know what I like, figured okay, out? The video they want a million. You know what I figured out, people? So I've been watching my analytics, and I, I started my channel off sixty-second videos. I never did fifteen-second videos, and I started looking at my analytics when my views went down. And people are only watching like 10 or 15 seconds of my video and scrolling on. And it drove my engagement rate down to like 0.28%. And like I was in the depths of TikTok shadow ban hell for a long time and I couldn't figure it out. And I started following this kid, uh, Brett Michaels, and uh, he's part of the squatted truck scene. I'm not going to get into that whole debate, you know, because I just want to take this from it. He only does 15 second videos and it took like three months for me to figure this out. He does 15 second videos because people's attention span can only handle a 15 second video. Mm-hmm. See, so I started I... doing 15 second videos and my views went back through the roof and I went back up to making 30 to $40 a day again. I mean, to be fair, when you make the money you make, I was always wondering, like, I didn't really know about the creator fund when I first joined TikTok, but I kind of made fun of you for a few videos at the start. I'm going to admit it. I, I take it back. I'm sorry, but. I'm like, why is this loser bitching that he's only getting like two, three thousand views a video? Like, that's not bad. Like, who, why, do, who cares how many views they get per video? And then I found out like some of these guys are making two hundred fifty bucks a day, and I'm like, oh, now I get why they're upset they got the video. So I apologize for that, Ted. Mm-hmm. No, well, you know what gets me is like TikTok is always changing, and 
I was thriving. Like, do the math. I was doing between 45. I was at my peak. I had like 50 million views in one month. 50 million people watched my stuff. That's a lot of in views. In one month. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what was like awesome that was like cool like i'm actually like i have a voice like people care about what i have to say and then like i said these a-list celebrities started joining because tiktok became popular to a point where they it was like a uh if you're not on tiktok you're not with the now yeah and once all that started happening and now you have every broke dick trucker on this app it's it's spreading thin it is, but you know and what? I don't, and I just want to say, like, I don't have a problem with that. I want if someone can do better than me, then I want them to do better. If they can spread positivity, then great. No, I'm here to make people sad. You know what <laughs> I really like though, and what, what I I've learned because I don't make I'm a much different spot than like you big American creators. I don't get any money for it. I like my TikToks now that get fewer views. I actually prefer slightly yep. fewer views. Because the quality of the comments and the things I get are so... I like talking with the friends true. I made the low, in the, the trucker community. And the those, low view I, ones. Sorry. Oh, sorry. The low view ones, those ones are just your followers. So it's usually good feedback and connection. Like, it's not so, just the viral ones. Ch- Chase knows the video where I was complaining about the lady following me. Yeah, yeah. So... I legitimately forgot. I've been filming 15 second videos. So out of habit, I left it on 15 second and I was still talking when it cut off and I was like, crap, but I didn't have time to redo it. So I just posted it and I didn't think about the ramifications of that. So if you go and look through all the comments, you get people saying, well, why do you care? What's it a big deal? Or like people like I have PTSD, so I can't pass a truck. And I just want to be like, if you were that anxiety ridden, have that much PTSD and trauma, why are you driving? Right. Like, I'm not I mean, trying to be insensitive or anything, mm-hmm. but like I, I made a follow-up video today showing what happens when you follow too close to a truck. You know, my wife had a, a baseball-sized rock go through her driver window and hit her. Oh damn. Oh yeah, blew the window out and left a big welt on her head and everything. And uh oh, shit. And then I posted a, another picture on that same video of an uh, inside duel blowing out on a step deck. It ripped the mud flat, blew the lights out, bent the DOT bumper. And then I showed people the size of the tread. And I'm like, if you're following close because you feel safe, you're putting yourself in danger. You know what, though? I have learned that nobody wants to follow close. Apparently, every single person has PTSD from Final Destination. Well, for you, you're a logger. But go on my video. Go on my video and start looking at the comments. And it's going to blow your mind the amount of people saying, I have too much trauma to pass a semi or I have anxiety and I, I just can't pass and maybe i feel safer following you and it shouldn't bother you and i'm like this lady was five feet off my bumper with her brights on it well Ugh. just hit them with all your work lights if That's you get really close with a motorcycle it like feels like you're floating just saying it's kind of fun <laughs> i will see and, and other, <laughs> R. So, like, because of, so because of mythbusters everybody believes if you tailgate a semi you get better fuel mileage and what they don't understand is, yeah, maybe with a 53-foot box van, if you're following them, they can't see you, so they're not going to get mad. If they know you're back there, that driver's going to just – he's going to ruin his entire day. I don't you – know, the following distance following isn't too bad for me, me. I have a low boy. People like, come in What is my oversized sign going to draft you? 
No, I find I get the best fuel mileage falling behind a low bed because all you got to do is get up on those beaver tails and you can just shut the car off, let them carry you. <laughs> but like, I just, I can't even yeah. sometimes with the comments, like I, I should have deleted that video or I should have turned the commenting off and like, I should have made the video the right way because <sighs> the one coming up with followers. And again, I don't want to sound arrogant or boasty, but this is just the truth. I'm losing my train of thought. You have to be careful, like what you say. Mm-hmm. People take it to heart. And when I, when I was first growing my account, like you know, I would start beefs with people, and I would say things that are intentionally wrong just to get people riled up. And I since stopped doing that because I don't want to be known as the guy who doesn't know anything. Oh, I quite proudly am that guy. Yeah, just pull an iron mic and just just troll people. I got to be careful though. So here's the thing. Here's here's the thing with me. I never hid my name. I don't hide anything about myself. That's I'm true. Parent, but and I he don't publicly did. advertise it. If people yeah. ask who I work for, I tell them you have to dig through my videos until you find a video that shows a name, and there you go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I kind of forgot about him. Like he's always been secret. Like like he doesn't give his real name to TikTok, so like his followers can't go crazy and try to stalk him. Like even though oh they do. Gosh, he, he that guy like he has. There's a handful of people that like to give him problems, and like it, it just. Oh, <sighs> uh, you know the thing though is like, nobody comes out like even on the last podcast. I'm like, hey, my Snapchat name is just Chase Barber. Add me on Snapchat, and uh, you know, reach out and talk. Two people, two people added me on Snapchat. So you like, and I had a the very conversion rate experience. is so hard. Like even getting somebody to subscribe to your YouTube is almost impossible. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, I, both the people I've had such good with, like, and they're like, hey, man, sorry, you must get a lot of people messaging you. And I'm like, no, I really don't. I welcome anybody. I will talk to anyone. Everybody just lurks. Like, I, I, I told everyone on Snapchat, if you add me, I'll add you back so you can message me. And and it messed up because now I have like 3,000 people that, you know, and I used to get these kids that would just like try to call me nonstop. And I'm just like, I'm going to fucking call your parents if you don't stop calling me. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, I've never had any kids, luckily. But like, I had these one kids that really wanted stickers. I'm like, I'm I can't just get your address because you guys are under 16. I'm not doing that. I said you can. I said you can have your parents email me, and then I will email my number. So they like literally gave me their parents' email, like it was a work email, so I knew it was real. And I'm like, I emailed the parent. I'm like, listen, these kids follow me on TikTok, and they want stickers, but I told them I'm not sending them unless I can get parental approval. Mm-hmm. And they, the one parent was actually like, listen, I can respect that, but no, I'm not giving out my address, blah, 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 blah. And I said, fully understandable. That's exactly why I wanted to get permission first or, you know, and I, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a great way to get arrested. <laughs> Jordan, we literally had a 13-year-old kid reach out to us and I'm like, he's like, hey, Chase, just like what you're doing. I'm like, you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> you know and i've had these kids like add me to their like snap groups and like i'll have to block them because like they're like drinking and like i'm like i i can no i'll pop in and say hi yes the heavy hauling fool was here but you guys need jesus and you need to go to sleep because you have school and i'm out what's that guy's name from dateline nbc <laughs> chris, oh, hansen. chris hansen heavy hauling fool gets in a group chat chris hansen puts up a video uh, i don't know like, like Honestly, I've met a lot of kids that are pretty good, and it's like... They are. They, for the 90% of them are. 
if there's a kid that's genuinely interested in the trucking industry, like we're talking like, you know what? When I was 13, that's when I was getting into the industry and I wanted to learn everything I can about trucks. So if some, you know, kid that came on the podcast, like he had, had, you you know, the best, cool, best thing ever for me, like besides from the money and the followers is when I get a message saying either I was in a dark place and your videos helped me get through the day or you encouraged me to get my CDL and I just got my CDL. Like, you know, Mm. I don't know I probably have message upon message upon message like there's probably 30 or 40 people that have messaged me said they've got their cdl because of me oh it feels so good doesn't it it does and i want to be like oh, i feel so bad because you're gonna go haul freight and you're probably not gonna like it for the first few years but just hang in there well what i always try and do is like that's where i like encourage people to reach out to me because if i know someone's going in for their cdl or their class one like hook me up if you if I talk to you and you're a decent person, I realize they got a head on their shoulders. Some people are just dumb, but most are pretty good and they're smart. Like if you're good and you're smart, I'm going to help make sure you don't get a freight job. I'm going to guide you through the industry because it is a damn lie that these mega carriers push where it's like, you got to go get your one, two years OTR and then you can start going into the big jobs and do the heavy haul and like the logging. And like, I will tell you right now, there is not a logging company that will hire you out there or heavy hauling rig moving company that will hire you. If you have dry van experience on your record, like if you mm. work for a mega carrier pulling a dry van, they will not hire you for the big money trucking jobs. But because- you know, I, I get these people like, how do I, how do I get into heavy haul? And I'm like, you have to hustle. Like if you live in a big city where like, if a job says we need a heavy haul and there's like 50 people to apply, you have a lot lower chance if you go to somewhere like me where, like, there's only so many people with CDLs, you either drive truck and work at the mines, and everybody's fighting to get you to work for them, so you have a better chance. You know, like, I got – I was here for about a year and a half, and then some people – so we had one driver get busted on a super load with three ounces of marijuana and a handgun. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, and then we had another driver – three ounces that's not very much it's a lot where it's illegal i guess Mm. did we lose theodore this is a really good episode so far i don't mind going a little bit longer on this um we can do that but when we get longer the editing gets all fucked up like it's like there like like it kicks me out hello yep yep can you hear us yeah, I can hear you. I don't think you can hear us. Yep. I can hear I can hear old Teddy. I doubt he can hear us. Well, he might be able to hear us, but maybe we can't hear him. Is that you making those noises? No, that would be Theodore. Okay, so we can hear him, but he's super faint. Just making some groaning noises. He's with a lot, lizard! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, might have to resend the link there. Yeah, I already did. Um, I'll send it again though. Um, yeah, once it gets over an hour, it seems to be like kind of fucky. You there? Like, oh, hey, hey, Bob. All right, Bob. It's Bob now, apparently. All right, Thanks. I put "do not disturb" on right now, so nobody can call me, but I'm still connected. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that that's what happens when the phone calls come in. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Where, where so, are we? oh where yeah. Was I at? He got busted with three ounces of marijuana. 
Oh, and a handgun. So we lost our main heavy haul guy. And then another guy quit and another guy got fired. So they threw me into a, a four axle truck, a day cab Peterbilt. I had to go down to Arizona, pick up a 130 drill rig on a tr- big trailer I've never used before. And the only instructions I had said, don't get off route and don't die. Good instructions. So I never mm-hmm. pulled anything that like that before in my life. And like, I spent six hours trying to load when I got down there, jacked up the trailer, like messed it up because I did some processes wrong. Got it on there. Didn't even have a height stick. I was just told you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just stay on this road. And yeah. on my way back, like I am so nervous because you coming into Vegas out of Arizona and there's an exit at 76A and 76B. One goes south and takes you right to a 1510 bridge. You can't get under. And the other one goes north. Well, mm-hmm. I panicked and got on the wrong one. So I'm, I'm downtown Las Vegas with an oversized trailer having a freaking panic attack because I don't know what to do. And I ended up having to, like, drop all my airbags, lower all my airbags, freaking put a chain on the rig and cinch it down as much as I can to pull the front of it down on the leaf springs. And I had to barely scrape it under an underpass. <laughs> Holy jeez. in the top. I'm going to tell you this. I never, ever, ever got off route in my life again. <laughs> yeah, stop before you make the turn if you're not No, I, I, I bought post-it notes, and I would put every single instruction on the permit across my windshield and every time i would turn and hit that checkpoint i would pull that post-it note off that is a great tip holy mm, that's pretty good i'm gonna i might use that one for long directions on the block like heading out to the bush i might use that it's just an easy way to do it without would you have to have your attention i've since you know learned how to make google maps work but i'm sure where you're at google maps probably thinks you're in the middle of a lake yeah pretty well yeah um, there's just there's so much to it, you know, and, and like, oh, but yeah, we were talking about getting new people in the industry and like going out in the middle of nowhere with a guy's place that gives a chance. Like, I think that's how we got onto this. And I just yeah, to you say, got like, you got you know you got to start like people can go out into the oil fields and in, in, in Texas and North Dakota and they get to do some pretty crazy shit, but they don't ever drive on the highway. Yeah, it, and, it's great experience, but the 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 issue that we've had with those people is they will tear the equipment up to get the job done. hundred <laughs> percent. I have been oil. They will spin tires. They will not chain, right. They will break shit. And like the hardest thing with them guys is teaching them how to slow down. Like we're not well, in a hurry. Or like, like don't like we're charging the customer by the hour. We have enough money in the job. Just calm down. It's the big difference in the way, uh, the effective way I tell people is that the oil field, it makes sense to do that. Because that drilling rig is a million dollars an hour when it's in production. They don't, the oil and gas company will pay for damages. I have seen trucks destroyed because they wanted it through a lease. They needed that part or that component because it's a million dollars an hour yeah. for downtime. If they don't get it through that mucky lease, it's going to cost them $10 million. They will destroy a $200,000 truck to save $10 million. But a mine's not going to do that. There's not. A, it's not time sensitive. They don't want you to destroy your half million dollar equipment to get it there two hours sooner because that's not cost effective to them. So that's what I tell people: it is destroy it. If it the customer is going to pay it, go for it. It's cheaper for them to pay for your equipment. 
But if it's not cheaper for them to pay for the equipment, don't destroy it. They're not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, don't go work for a small company and be like, we got to get it there and start wrecking everything. <laughs> well, like I, uh, a few weeks ago, one of the mines, you know, they they have to swap these buckets out on the big shovels. You know, they go get rebuilt and stuff. And with all the road construction right now, they can't get the old bucket to town. But they had the new bucket there. And to get it down in the pit, I had to drive that military truck we have, the, the M1070 HET transport thing. Yeah, those are sweet. And they're like, why do you need that? You could just use your truck. And I'm like, okay, we have a 175,000-pound bucket. Yeah, you get a phone call. <laughs> no, no, that's just in the background. A 175,000-pound bucket on a 70-ton trailer. And... Ugh. We're going down an 8% grade that they've just watered. And it's one of the sketchiest fillings ever because, like, you're going down, and if you hit the brakes wrong, it's just like you just feel like you're just going to. That's a you big bucket. Well, the problem is they keep adding wear packages to them. So, like, over time, like, more and more, like, it just keeps building up. And, and, this, this particular bucket is special. They're usually about 140, 150. Mm hmm. And uh, God, like it's, if I would have taken my truck, like it would have pushed my truck, and I would have tore the completely tore the tires off. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like uh, the, the, these mines—they don't understand because they, 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 the reason I was out there uh, mentioning about f- stuff falling off—they have those giant tow hauls, which is like one of the haul trucks with a low boy. Yeah. And they were taking the bucket down into the pit, and they didn't even chain it down. They just threw it on there and thought it would stay. The thing slid, hit the neck, and fell off and started rolling down the hill. Well, that's um, one way to get it to the bottom. Bucket. Yeah, it got there. <laughs> it, it was a shit show. So the, nobody at the mine, nobody that works there, like everybody refuses to move it. So here, here comes us. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. I, I, I really wish I could <laughs> show some of the stuff we do, but I can't. Like I, oh yeah, there's so much stuff we do that I cannot show because it's either on a mine side or it's not kosher. And how is your boss with your TikTok? They're honestly don't give a shit. How are your customers? I don't think I have ever had an issue. So. Speaking of that, like, that's why I don't get into politics. I don't get into, you know, stuff like that, controversial topics. And Mm -hmm. because I show customer stuff, I don't want a customer to tell me I can't put their stuff on there because I'm talking about politics or, you you know, I I try to stay completely neutral for the most part. Yeah, that's usually the best way to do it. And I'm I'm very, any person with a common sense knows what you can show and what you can't show yeah well it's even even then there's some people who bitch about honestly almost anything just because they hate their lives and they hate themselves uh, they think a lot issue? of these guys think it's the coolest thing in the world to see their like so actually i did have we did have one customer uh they didn't like me he didn't like me showing their stuff because i showed a logo mm-hmm but the problem was all the workers out at that mine followed me and they wouldn't stop fucking talking about seeing their stuff, equipment on TikTok. And uh. this particular boss, 
I don't think he liked the fact that the workers knew what equipment was coming before he told them. Ah, uh, a little you bit see, of a power trip. Because then. yes, I don't know what it was, but long story short, I stopped showing their stuff. But mm-hmm. one of the kids that follows me, his dad was the head guy for this company in America. Oh, and, and I made a video where I had my hand over the uh, haul truck. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I can't show this. You know, I'm not allowed to show this, but I can show the trailer and the truck and you guys can assume what I'm hauling. So the kid asked me why I did that. And I told him next thing you know, I get a call from his dad and he's like, no, though, that guy works for me. You have permission to do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. He's like, you know how much free advertising you got us? Yeah, no, that's very true. And (laughs) and he's like, the biggest thing is you do it in a positive manner. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically what my boss said. As long as you're not trashing it, yeah. They're they're just, I don't know, you develop a sixth sense on what you can show and what you can't show. Like, when I quit this place a while back ago and I went to another company, um... The, the guy didn't like me making TikToks and was kind of always making stark comments about it and finally he tried to shut it down. I quit. Really? I quit. I Over the tickety quit. I went back to the yard, packed my shit, I threw my stuff in there, and I told the guy, I said, don't ever call me again. I said, I ain't freaking working for you. And the truth was, I wasn't ready to lose the income. Yeah. I I well, like, if that was at your peak point, for sure. Well, it wasn't that. It was like, you know, I've I was like, I tried so hard for so long to, to grow my Instagram or grow my YouTube or grow my Facebook. And I could never, ever do it. Mm-hmm. And TikTok comes along and here it happened. My, my re- dream is becoming a reality. Yeah. And Even YouTube? Says I'm not allowed to do this. No, like I, oh, I will dang. figure I will, I will quit. I quit Fair without enough. having another job lined up. Yeah. Why not? And what they say, they let you go or. No, he just couldn't believe I quit over TikTok, and I, I was just like, "Dude, like I'm not, I'm not giving up my dreams. Like I'm, I'm trucking can already take enough out of a guy. Like this is what I have to keep me sane." Yeah, fair enough. I see. I never had any dreams of having any kind of TikTok success. I, <laughs> it was just one of those things where I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, fair enough." Okay, what? I have a question for you. We asked okay. to all the truckers, what is the lightest load you've ever hauled? So I took a 12,000-pound uh, a wheel motor from Elko, Nevada to Gillette, Wyoming on overtime. That's still 12,000 pounds. Come on. Give me like a bucket of bolts. Get something tiny. Okay. The, the, actually, the <laughs> least was when I got back from Mexico, my first load from when I got back was a pickup with a trailer with one pallet in it. Okay. 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 <laughs> I was waiting so for the answer. I probably had maybe 400 pounds. Yeah. I was waiting for the and answer. I don't know why I had a trailer. Marijuana. Like, I, I don't know why I had a trailer. Three ounces of marijuana and a handgun. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like some, like a drill bit or something that they needed. Ugh. Yeah. It, fair. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Next what, question. What is your dream job if you were not trucking? Oh, boy. My dream job, like if, if I had a dream job, mm-hmm. it would be that I would be able to make money on YouTube and do these projects with semi trucks. Like, like uh, one of my things is I would like to do a cannonball run across the U.S. in a semi. Oh yeah, and nobody's done that. That would be a new record. Hmm. Okay, so if Edison Motors are, takes off, 
you're going to come work for us and do some cool truck stuff, right? Uh, if they let me in Canada, sure. No, we'll do it in the States. Fuck it. Yeah, we can come down there. Hey, I had a guy trying to fly me out to Australia to go drive road trains. Sweet. Should have went and done it. Just, uh, just a I don't know shift. if he just was one. being serious or not. I was like, if you're dead serious, like send me a plane ticket. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Oh, that would have been pretty sweet. Okay, we're running hella long. Chase, you got any more questions for Heavy Holland Fool? Yeah. Uh, dream truck. If you can spec any truck you want, money's not an object. What do you expect for your heavy haul truck? So I'm still torn between a W900 and a T800 wide hood like I have. But if it was a heavy haul truck, it's going to be a T800 wide hood, but fully customized. Like, I'm talking stereo system inside, like, every, the whole inside done, like, a completely built and deleted X15, made it to a new Allison automatic. Yes, I said that. Mm-hmm. and i would have a little bit long the new allison automatic is a really solid unit but I'll... why why the automatic <sighs> so doing what we do speed isn't really a an issue and the new allison is a really solid unit like the way they have it built and the reason is like when you're pulling a hill at like two hundred and sixty thousand pounds it's like nail biting every time you have to make a shift that's because, what yeah. I, I like, though. It's like, oh, if I miss this, I'm but, but, okay. but like with an People think, like, just because you want an automatic, you want to be a door swinger. No, but, like, doing what I do, like, an automatic would be beneficial to a point, especially okay, so the new you... Allison. Not, not an automated manual. I'm talking about the, the, the Allison. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a couple questions. Sorry, Jordan, we're going to go a little bit longer because this is on one of my dream subjects here. What... Um, you followed some of the things i was doing intently like there's a lot of things you get missed but i am uh, starting up a truck manufacturing i already make light towers for thinning eh? like solar light towers all that i'm starting up a truck manufacturing company uh we're making electric drivetrain trucks like a fully electric trucks but it's going to have a diesel generator like a c9 c7 generator powering 700 horsepower electric drive motors because I think there's no shifting. There's no torque lag. It never breaks a shift. You have instantaneous torque rate from zero. I think it makes more sense for like logging off-road heavy haul. What do you think of that idea? Actually, electric motors are superior in every way. They have the full amount of torque available. You have regenerative braking. You have less maintenance. You're essentially you're making a land locomotive. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a hundred percent what I'm just building. And the, the beauty of it is. You could adapt that to diesel engine. You could have a gas engine. You could have a turbine that runs on jet or kerosene. Like it, it really just depends on the market in the area, what's available. And and I, I think in your case, if you could put a drive motor on every axle, like the front axle, your three other axles, and have the horsepower, each motor a certain horsepower to make the total amount of power you need, that's absolutely going to be insane. And mm-hmm. this is where it gets even better because, like, for heavy hauling logging, we could take these electric drive motors and I could put a drive axle on every single axle. And I mean your trailer. So if you got a Tritum trailer, you can have your uh, drive axle back there. You're pulling a big hill. All of a sudden, that extra power from the battery bank kicks in. Your trailer starts pushing. You're coming down a steep grade. Instead of trailer brakes, you got regenerator braking holding you back. You know, I've never understood why they haven't done something like that. Like, I, 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 you have a motor that you can run at a constant RPM all the time. 
you know, your diesel particulate, if they have to have a DPF on them. They're going to work better because that motor is running in its optimal range all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You can better control the emissions because you can keep the motor under load. And you have better control of your torque management. I think I think sense. earlier on it would be the, the, the drives and everything else electric-wise was just not at a point where it was cost-efficient. Now we're just entering that zone where I think it, it's much more possible. It, 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 I've done the math on it. To do mm-hmm. the fully electric is only like $30,000 more than the traditional diesel from the prices I've found. Yeah, and so there's a lot of that's benefits. how these giant haul trucks, like the uh, at the mines, that are, these trucks that are inside the houses, they have a V, was it a V12 or a V16 Caterpillar diesel that drives yep. an electric generator. Yep, the new D11s are the exact same thing. Generator with the D11s, D10s, D8s. Their new drag line is, this is where I got the idea from. Cat flew me down to Arizona last year, and I was looking at their big drag line motor. And mm-hmm. their newest drag lines for mining operations, what they do is they have big battery banks that get topped up with a diesel generator. They, the drag line uses a ton of power to bring that bucket in, and it uses a ton of power to start its rotation. Once it's going, it doesn't yes. need the power anymore. So yes. it just drops the battery bank. When they run traditional drive motors or you know mechanical drive, you need a big massive generator to handle that initial big load and then the generator base or the big drive motor mechanical drive motor doesn't do anything and it's just wasting fuel for the other half the same is true for trucking you use a big shit ton of power to get that load off the line and then when you're cruising at rolling speed barely anything get going why not put massive 7 800 horsepower drive motors on there that have full torque send that power to the wheels and then as you're at cruising speed, the generator just tops the battery back up. Mm. No. Yeah, you can I, almost uh, use capacitors. We're all for it. Ultra capacitors? Yeah, like they have capacitors that could almost handle that. Yeah. Oh, you know your stuff then. I'm I'm a dude, I'm I'm a nerd, dude. Like I'm fascinated with airplanes and jet engines and turbines, and I'm like like when it comes to electrics, like I'm I'm absolutely just I, I geek out on this stuff. Well, if you want to be part of Edison, let me know. Come on down. Send some cash. <laughs> that, it's a great idea because, you know, like like I said, when I'm pulling a 992 or WA900 Komatsu, you know, like around 70, 80 tons, somewhere in between there, the way we haul them, and we're pulling a long grade. You know, my differentials get to 315 degrees. The truck has the power to pull it, but the drivetrain cannot handle it. People are like, oh, you need an 8,000-horsepower truck. No, dude, the... The rear ends and the transmission cannot handle that. Electric drivetrain, it can. It's just a, it, it can. It spin would be a, a direct drive. You wouldn't even have to have differentials. I mean, eh. literally, no, nothing. It's just, and there's nothing you can't torque. The, the, You're not the gonna best thing bolts. that when they come out with a wheel motor for like a semi, like to where the the motor is built into the wheel, that's going to be the game changer. They have it. That's what I want to use. Dana has that it's because a hub drive. that's a lot more. Because you have a choice. You could either take the motor and transmission out and mount the electric motor to the forward rear axle and do it that way and transfer the power. But then you still have the issue of the drivetrain heating up. Yep. Dana makes a set. It looks like a set of planetaries, but it's actually an electric drive motor inside the planetary. Each one gives you like 150 horsepower, 200 horsepower, which doesn't sound a lot until you consider that that's 150 horsepower on each wheel. Well, if you have a, if you have the three axles in the back plus your steer, I mean, that's... 
The only issue is that one doesn't seem to work on the steer. I can't find a way to make that work off the steer just because the the hub. It looks like a big. But planetary. you could also put it on the, you know, the your trailer axle too. Exactly. You could put it on every single axle on the trailer if you wanted to. Like, could you imagine heading up some up or down hills? You got your Jeep booster and trailer giving you power. That'd be pretty ideal. But regenerative... an, expensive, an expensive rig to get the trailer involved in there. So we got to start with the truck. Oh, well, we could on. pull up. We could pull a Nikola Tesla and uh, or Nikola was it the Nikola where they designed that whole semi truck and rolled it down a hill to make videos for the investors and completely just shammed everyone. Oh yeah, that 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 yeah, that one was a bad one. Well, and that's why my theory is like, you know what? I I can do it. I can build an electric vehicle. I can I restore classic trucks for fun as my hobby. I know electric motors. I know batteries. I know solar. It's what I do. I can do the electric drivetrain part. I can build this better than Nikolai can, and I don't need to scam people. And the amount my- of money that these companies are worth is insane for for not actually producing something so if you can actually produce something so have you seen the guy on tiktok he took the the old charger the 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 old charger dodge charger challenger and he put a tesla drivetrain in it yes yep mopar man and then um my silverado i drive six thousand miles a year and 90 percent of the driving in that truck is less than 10 or 15 miles in a day i am i am looking at legitimately Tesla swapping my pickup. Tesla swapping. I'm here for it. Yeah. Because because I we have plugs at work. I can literally charge my vehicle when I go to work because I'll be gone for a day or two at a time. I would never have to plug in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, I am Tesla swapping right now my 1962 Kenworth. Hey, you can't say that for legal reasons. It's not Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's called Edison. Which exactly. honestly... There's another guy. He Tesla swapped a Polaris RZR. It, it, like it just has one Tesla motor with just like two or three of the battery packs, and it's just it's absolutely insane. I've seen that thing. That thing would terrify. Have you ever driven a Tesla? I have not, but I want to. Oh I, I want to buy one. My my wife won't let me buy one because she says it's just an unnecessary expense. But I'm just like, <sighs> I, you know. I refuse to buy one just because I'm so pissed off at the Tesla Semi. I gave Tesla. $25,000 to reserve the Tesla Semi when it came out. Mm. And after five years of waiting, they're like, yeah, we're probably not going to build that anytime in the next five years. I'm like, give me my money back then, you motherfuckers. Did you get your money back? Yeah, they give me my money back. So I'm going to use the money that I've got it fucking set aside. And I'm using that $25,000 I reserved them to build the Edison truck as the initial seed capital because that's how angry at them. I want their money to go. You, to know, you know what they did with that whole reserving thing, right? Yeah, uh, they got they, your money. They used it and they invested that money into their own company, made more money, and then gave you your money back. It, it was it was a big loan. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what they did to it. I gave them investment money for five years. Not and only what'd that, you get back out of it uh, nothing. Uh, uh, nothing. They didn't even send me a goddamn hat. You think at the very least, if I give you twenty five thousand dollars, you can be like, "Thanks for your faith in us." Here's a hat. No. All they give you is a big my my cock. biggest problem with Tesla is they are the John Deere of cars. Like they they're they're like Apple, like their right to repair is a bunch of bullshit. Like they will not give you parts if they deem that part is too dangerous. 
Yep. If you're in an accident with a salvaged car, they deactivate your car so you can't supercharge. Like they do not want you fixing cars. Rich Rebuild. You follow him on YouTube? Yep. I I started watching that guy when he was he rebuilt a Tesla in his garage with a freaking steak knife. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing is like that's the other reason I want a manufacturing company because I'm so goddamn tired of this planned obsolescence in trucks. Like, I'm tired of everything being so expensive, needing a technician or a computer guy to hit. Just, I want to build a truck that fucking works as a truck, man. Excuse me, sorry. Well, for the steering, you can use the electric steering off the new Freightliners. <laughs> How does that feel? No. Have you driven electric steering? All I've heard is, like, you go up to an overpass and it sees a shadow and it thinks something's coming, so it tries to veer you out of the way and slams you into another car. Oh, that's not good things. No. Then, uh, mm-hmm. Those new trucks with the sensors, if someone pisses you off, instead of pulling their fifth wheel, you go tape a quarter with some electrical tape to one of those sensors. Mm. That, that thing havoc. will constantly beep at them, and then they'll walk around, and they won't see it because it's just a piece of electrical tape over it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Well, you just gave away the secret now. No. I did a video on TikTok, got like two, three million views a long time ago, and... I was talking about that. This guy was pissing me off, so I taped a quarter to his little sensor on the side. <laughs> that's yeah. that's actually really funny. It doesn't okay. hurt anybody else. It's not dangerous, but that's fucking funny. I like that. I'm the one who edits this podcast. <laughs> feel feel free to take out whatever you need. To <laughs> no, make I'm saying room. no. I'm saying it's time to go. Jordan's <laughs> Jordan's gotta go. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it was good though. It was good, though. Yeah, part two, another time for sure. I, I believe this is the longest uh, podcast we've done so far. I think so. I think so. It was a good chat. It was good. Um, I'd ask what your fun. TikTok is, but I think everyone knows Heavy Holland Fool on TikTok. So if not, that's what it is. Thanks you for coming You should probably on. go check out. He's if a starting creator. I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but I think he's going to be pretty big. Yeah, yeah. He's got some good videos. Got some good videos. Good <laughs> stuff. And he gets paid for it too. <laughs> yeah, I know he gets paid for it, Jordan. <laughs> Every time we bring in a big American creator on, I just get like, "There you yeah. go." We started OnlyFans. That's true. That's true. I know there's some guys out there, Chase. They they'd be going for you. I'm sure. You mean you, you can do? It. You I know can do it's a you, Jordan. You don't have to say somebody. You've been asking me to send you feet pics for months. I know. Go show some logs. <laughs> show some logs. Well, have you thought about doing a calendar? <laughs> uh, we're doing a calendar right now with old Sheila. What Lucid, are you? Lucid Chaos uh, on TikTok is putting together a calendar to support a couple charities. And a trucker calendar, okay. and it awesome. is she's awful. Awesome. Oh, she's fantastic. She's good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of our first guests on the podcast here. Well, if you need someone with a beer gut, call me up. I'm in. Oh, yeah, you should rock and bod. You know, I misunderstood it, and I went full buck ass nude, and, and nobody else did. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm the only nude guy in the calendar. Now. When you say nude, do you mean nude or like scantily clad? No, I mean I was buck ass naked in front of the loader. Oh H- god, have you, have you heard of Matt's 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 trucking Matt? Yep. Uh, oh yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, he's a good dude too. I was gonna say he'd probably be a good dude to have on here. Okay, for for next time, we're <laughs> Jordan's cutting it off now. All right, all right, yeah, I gotta I gotta make some calls here and gotta <laughs> well, keep my figure, coming so. off. Thanks so much for coming on there, Ted. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we'll have to do this again. I'll have to get some headphones though next time, and we'll do it again.
Absolutely. Okay. Now that Sounds I know good. you're a tech nerd for electric, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna rope you in here. Get the I boys scheming. Built my own computer before. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you. All later, right, guys. man. It was a good talking to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right, later.